0: Welcome to Second in Command, brought to you by COO Alliance, where top-level COOs share the insights, tactics, and strategies that made them the chief behind the chief. And now, here's your host, Cameron Harold. Clinton Senko, the co-founder and COO for Influensive. I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about you and the business and and how you, um, I guess, got involved with Influensive and and as a co-founder and also COO, how you work Kind of as the chief behind the seat C- chief so why don't you maybe tell us how you guys started the business what it is you do day to day and then also give us some of your background maybe as to how you got the skills to be able to run a company and um, and work behind or with a CEO
1: yeah, no, that's great. No, thanks a lot for having me on. So, um, yeah, I guess the kind of the best way to start and, and just kind of give a little bit of the background um, you know, for the listeners in terms of how Influenza was started. So, so our founder CEO, my partner, Brian D. Evans, and he was actually um, someone that's done a, a lot of really great things in business. And um, he was an Inc. 500 entrepreneur in 2015. Um, he had the 25th fastest growing marketing and advertising company in the US. And um, he's worked on a lot of really great projects, and he was someone that, kind of always behind the scenes he never really um you know got out kind of was in front of you know the whole personal branding thing and um never really did all these great things behind the scenes so what he was doing is he was kind of like at this point um you know in his business and professional career where he was ready to kind of step outside the box a little bit and he uh You know, one point is funny, um, you know, coming from someone uh, like Brian that I've I've known so well and and got to know a lot over the past few years is he was someone that has all this great knowledge, all this great experience, but he just kind of wanted to keep it inside of him. And he didn't think anyone really wanted to know what he had to say or, um, you know, the experiences that he had and the wisdom that he has. So he um, actually bought the domain influence of like now it's probably like six years ago, six, seven years ago, actually didn't do anything with it. Um, it was around um, the way that we like to say it is give or take two and a half years ago um, around January 2016 is, is basically when kind of when Brian kind of um, focused fully on influence and building it into what it is today is is he basically started it as a personal blog it was basically a site to um, you know share his wisdom share his experience through entrepreneurship through building and growing and selling businesses and okay. um, as he started to kind of take that to the next level he started to see that started to get a following started to focus on his personal brand and, and kind of one thing led to another. And, and when I kind of joined the picture was, It was a few months into him kind of focusing on Influensive and he approached me and and we were working on a few different projects at the time and he asked me to come be a writer for the platform. And um, at this time, I was writing for all these other different websites and, and whatnot. So I said, sure, I'll come write for you. And so I came and wrote on the site and after about two articles, I saw the potential in the brand. I saw, I loved the name. I loved the message, the vision, everything that we really had for the business and I also um, just really started to see who Brian was and, I, and I, I got to know him really well and I knew there was a lot that I could learn from him and, and everything that he's done with business so far. so that's where I knew with his skill set and the skills that I could bring to the table that you know we could really you know take this to the next level and so basically from there obviously with the help of uh, of many many contributors over the past few years we've been able to take you know from a few thousand readers per month to, a couple million readers per month and, and and page views on the site per month to um, you know no social media following to um, I don't know where we're at right now currently but we're probably around 1.2 1.3 million social followers across Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and so on so and we're we're proud to say that we have you know, contributors basically all around the world, over 400 that contribute content to us. Um, you know, on a regular basis, whether it's daily, monthly, weekly, um, whatever is kind of good for them. So, so yeah, I just kind of joined the picture a couple months in. And in terms of, I guess, you know, the other part to your question is kind of like my day to day is uh, my day to day ranges from a lot of different things. Obviously, from everything from contributors and writers to the platform that. Are needing help with you know different articles or changing of bios or pictures or people wanting to write for us so I have new contributors that are coming to us I mostly focus on the brand stuff business development partnerships so working with different brands we've done some types of influencer type campaigns and native advertising type campaigns and I kind of focus on that stuff and Brian has really been the mastermind kind of behind the scenes that has been able to really facilitate the growth that we've had um, and really kind of maintain the website and everything. And then we obviously have um, a few other team members that also help us with different things ranging from content, whether it's stuff on social media or whether it's, you know, content and editing, you know, the content that our writers submit to us. So um, so yeah, hopefully that kind of, I guess, provides a little <laughs> bit of a, little bit of a background.
0: Well, and, and the growth has been like, as you put it, like you didn't say stratospheric, but the growth's been stratospheric to go from, from zero to a few million, um, you know, readers monthly in that short of a period of time. How many total writers do you have ballpark in the system? And then, um, how many, you know, full-time and freelance employees do you have just, so we get a scope of what you're managing and the complexity of it all.
1: Yeah. So we're very, um, <laughs> it's, it's kind of, I've learned this from Brian and it's something it's, you know, that I, it, it can also be, you know, a blessing in disguise because, because obviously, as you know, building and scaling businesses, it's important to bring in people with different skill sets that can help do things that possibly you're doing and anything and everything. So in terms of uh, the writers, so how's it works right now, everyone is, is freely contributing to our platform. We've built such a great platform yeah. for entrepreneurs businesses and brands to get, you know, reach an audience, get a lot of shares, get a lot of visibility, get a lot of publicity um, from our platform. So um, in terms of our writers, I actually don't know the exact number. I know we've had over six to 700, give or take people that have applied to become a writer on Influensive, but we are at this stage now, we are very, very selective. Um, We're not um, looking for Um, basically having any type of person person write for us. We want to have, you know, someone that maybe is the business owner that they've written a little bit or they have some content, they have some great wisdom and experiences to share. So um, we are a little bit more selective, but I would say probably that number of writers is anywhere from 350 to 400, give or take. Um, And that's not like all of them contributing every month. Some, um, we don't put our writers in a box. If you want to write, you know, four times a year, that's totally fine. If you want to write and submit three articles a month, that's great as well. So there's all those writers are kind of on their own um, timetable and and depending on what fits them and their schedule. And in terms of kind of, you know, employees and in terms of um, freelancers and so on and so forth, we have anywhere from around five to 10 different, you know, support staff that kind of help Brian and I facilitate everything from content on the website to content on social media, creating things, um, all that, all that stuff kind of behind the scenes that sometimes you don't really see as you're building business. So we keep it very, very lean for obviously our reach and for everything that we're doing on scale. But um, definitely as we continue to grow and, and, and the way that you obviously already figured this out too. And just for the listeners is we're still very early. We still have a lot to, a lot of room to grow. Still want to do a lot of really great things with Influensive. So we're only two and a half years in. Um, So I definitely see us as we continue to move along in 2018 and in 2019 that, you know, we will start bringing on, you know, more full-time employees and and more people to help do some of the things that Brian and I, um, you know, have been doing kind of from the beginning.
0: Well, and you've got a ton of complexity though, even with that many writers and a small team, there's a ton of complexity. It's kind of like herding cats, I would imagine. So what, what kind of technology tools and systems do you use to be able to, Um, not control, but to be able to manage the complexity and manage the
1: people and manage all the moving parts. What are some of your hacks or tools that you're using? Yeah, I think, um, I think there's a few that we use kind of internally to, to kind of help things. And, and I think one thing that <laughs> I'm sure you've started to realize, and, and I've started to realize, but it's almost at times a little bit overwhelming is I try and stay away from email communication um, as much as I can, because I've just found we get so many emails, there's so much going on. Um, you get one, one day, if you don't stay on top of your email, it just, you know, after a few days can just blow up and you forget to email this person, that person. And, and in today's day and age, we're so mobile and we want answers right away and we're on our phones and this and that. So I think there's a lot of really great um, messaging platforms that you can use internally within your team. And it doesn't really matter what business you're running or doing. I think it's important to have some sort of messaging platform that you can access from your phone, talk to your team, message your team, get questions answered right away. And one of the ones that we use is Slack. So we we like using Slack and, and being able to, you know, communicate with our with our team, with other writers, answer questions. But the other thing is, is I also find that There are times when, you know, I am on another platform, say like Facebook and, you know, some of our writers or, you know, other people that we work with know that I'm on Facebook and the conversation kind of transitions (laughs) to Facebook as well. Right. So it's like, it's, it's still trying to find like that happy medium. And I think we're so overwhelmed with so many messaging platforms that I'm still trying to find like that best way to manage all these different writers to manage all of our communications internally, but I definitely know for myself, email communication is not the greatest and I don't really push that on people. I would rather use messaging platforms, whether it's Facebook messenger, whether it's Slack, whether it's WhatsApp, whatever it is to, you know, communicate and, and kind of move things, you know, more, uh, more smoothly and more efficiently. And I, I don't know, I guess the kind of hack or insight that I can give um, to the listeners is I think it's important kind of early on to, to talk with your employees, to talk with your team members, see what they use, see what's easy for them, and really find that happy medium. I don't think you're ever going to really find a platform that everyone is going to like or that everyone is you know, going to agree with. But if you can find a platform or a messaging um, system that works efficiently and can move the business forward and, and get the majority of people on board, um, I think it's going to help. um prevent that email clutter that we all get. And I think you'll be able to push the needle a lot further and a lot quicker with just kind of making decisions and and helping with your team as well.
0: I love that you're saying you just kind of find out what tools that your employees use and try to work with them on that stuff too. So you're kind of removing obstacles and making it easier for them to work versus forcing them into a system. I would... I would love if someone would create some kind of a bot or a tool that would allow an auto-reply to be set up from all the platforms I don't want to be communicating on <laughs> back to the one I do. Because um, unlike you, I'd rather be on email because um, that's one that my, my assistants triaging for me and we can kind of run from that and drop it into us on our Wunderlist. list. Right but all the messages I'm getting on Facebook and instant messenger and LinkedIn yep. Instagram is like, fuck, I actually on my list this week of to do's is to go through my Facebook to unbury myself because I just got slammed with a bunch of messages from a request that I put up and, and right. I need some way to just say, Hey, email me, but none of those platforms want you off
1: their platform. So they won't allow an auto reply. which just, Right. See, and that's, Uh, yeah. And that's where I think it's really, it's kind of that, you know, personal choice by a lot of people and and what kind of works for you. And that's where I think there's no um, one size fits all right for for any business or any entrepreneur, any CEO or CO or whatever. And that's where I kind of made this conscious decision like four or five years ago, um, when it came to social media, I wanted to create all my social platforms to be a tool for me in myself and business and what I, you know, am creating and all the projects that I'm a part of and something that I found probably over which is funny, um, and, and you might find it kind of hilarious, but like over the last year, two years. Um, Facebook, honestly, for me is a business tool. Um, it's it's, for sure it's the number it's, uh, I use it more frequently than I do LinkedIn. I use LinkedIn very a lot as well, but I use it for calls. I use it for messaging. Like I call people through Facebook messenger that I'm already messaging with. And I just say, Hey, instead of going to Skype or instead of, you know, typing in my number, you know, to call me on my cell, let's just call within the app. And it's a great way to efficiently just stay within one system and use that rather than jumping all over these, you know, different, um, different platforms. So that's something that I've kind of noticed that, um, was kind of surprising to me. And when I tell people that they're like, Oh, like you don't use Facebook, um, you know, just to like share like funny cat videos or, um, you know, to share photos for your family. And it's just like, I try to keep it as professional as possible, but also show who I am and what I'm doing, but keep it as, as professional as possible and use it as a business tool.
0: Yeah, I've, I've not tried to go professional as possible just because um, it's never been me anyway. So, and, and so <laughs> I, I, I'm completely transparent. Whatever hits my mind, I throw it up there. And some people have gone, dude, that's weird. Like last night, I posted something about, you know, the government census says that people on average fart 20 times a day. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> I love thinking, it. Like, I'll, I'll throw it out there. And then the next post is like, hey, here's our second in command podcast. And you guys should share it with your friends. And people like, I love it. But whatever, it's me and they realize I'm human, right? Um, totally. What's interesting for me with my business is I started my company 11 years ago this month okay. and really Facebook started getting adopted around 11 years ago. I was using it. It got junk my last one or two months there. My entire business evolved and grew on the Facebook platform. It's where my brand got built. It's where people knew who I was. Right. You know, all, all the speaking, I've done 490 speaking events in 28 countries in the last 11 years. And I talked about all of them on Facebook. So, right. That's awesome. It's a great, great business tool for me, but I'm starving for a platform. I wish someone would build a platform where we could only have 200 friends hmm. where there was no marketing allowed. And because there's only 200 friends, you wouldn't be marketing because like, how can you market the 200 people? Right. But That would be like the place where you would, would have to be ruthless about who you're going to be really friends with. And then you just share your real friend stuff and. Because I'm missing that social community of friends when I, I have such a big brand that right I don't want to say no to people joining me, but then I'm like, I really don't want to read everybody's social feeds because I don't know what my friends are doing.
1: Right. No, that's um, that's actually a really cool way to, to think of it. and Because I think, you know, obviously something that, that I'm sure you've done, you know, in your career with the levels of success that you've reached and something that I've, you know, consciously done over the last few years too is, you know, it's not... Uh, to me it's not about the the number of followers or the how big my community is it's a, it's the quality that is the number one thing to me and when it comes to that is really just the people that you choose to surround yourself with and you know i'd rather have you know 3 to 5 really close friends that i can call on at any time to help with something or get their insight or get their business advice you know rather than having hundreds or thousands of people that i don't even really know or that are just following me or that I, you know, went to high school with or whatever. So I think that's a really cool way to think of it as a social platform where you only have a, you have a set number and the set number is really, really low because I think it's really, really important kind of as you move, move along in life and business that you need to surround yourself with the right people and, and to reach those, reach those different levels of success. And it's always someone that I'm, I'm trying to hang out with people that, um, you know, make me feel better, that make me want to keep moving forward, that make me want to hit the other um, you know stepping stone in my career that are at different levels of success that I can help or they can help me. and and I think there's a lot of kind of you know junk out there, I guess you could say in terms of people that you know you might be connected with that you don't really have a relationship with with anymore.,
0: yeah, And I've got two groups. I've got the business associates that I want to have deep business relationships with, and, you know, I'm managing those through contactually and every day my assistant drops me a note and says, is there anybody that you spoke with today or work with today that we want to add to that list so you can stay in touch with them? Right. But then I need the platform to say, no, Cameron can't accept you as a friend because we're only allowing 200. <laughs> so the platform is the bad person. Right now on Instagram, I only follow about 30 or 40 friends on Instagram, but I have a whole bunch of other people following me and I almost want to block a bunch of people, but then it feels rude. I kind of need the platform to block them for me somehow. I don't know. Yeah. So tell me about the relationship um, between you and Brian. How do you, and and you're remote. Where's Brian
1: based out of? Yeah, so Brian's actually based out of LA um, and I'm up here in Canada and yeah, we've, we've done it. Everything that we've done with Influence over the last few years has been for the most part remotely. Lately over the last probably six to 12 months, we've kind of made it, more of an effort to kind of meet up every couple months or whatever, whether I come down to LA or um, just so we can have a little bit of FaceTime. But for the most part, we've done everything that we've done remotely, which a lot of people are probably like, how do you do that? And I just think that's just the business landscape that we're in um, nowadays, where I don't think it really matters where your location is. We have the tools, we have the internet, we have all these amazing things that we can do. So in terms of the relationship that Brian and I have developed is, is, yeah, we've developed this business relationship, but friendship where there's different skill set that he can bring to the table, and that he focuses on, or that he's good at. And there's certain things that I'm good at that I focus on, um, and and I contribute, you know, to to the to the brand and to the business and and to everything that I think it's just really important as you get to know someone, especially in business and in partnerships, is 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 really making sure that whoever that person is, that you you like that person that you can work with them in an effective manner in a positive manner because i know in business school because i have a business degree uh i know probably of the different structures that they always said is, you know, the different, like being a sole proprietor and, and just yourself or solopreneur. And then, you know, there's partnerships and then there's all these different structures of businesses. And I remember always like my, my teachers and professors were always like, Oh, partnerships are, you know, the worst ones to get into and they're terrible and and all this type of stuff. And I've kind of been, I guess, fortunate for, for the, the relationship that Brian and I've been able to develop that um i think it's great that we can be in such like be synchronized i guess um with each other that um it's 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 an asset because there's two of us that are building the brand that are building our skill sets rather than just one of us because i don't think either one of us could have brought the brand to the scale that we're at right now so i think it's really great to to just find that partnership and if you find that business relationship and partnership with someone i think it's really important to kind of you know, keep working at it and keep getting better at it. And, you know, using that to your advantage, because I think a lot of people see it as a negative joining a partnership or joining forces with somebody else. And, um, you know, maybe it doesn't go as well, or you hear a horror story or whatever, but, but I'm I'm definitely um, excited to just be involved with Brian. And we've just built this relationship with each other where um, it's based on trust, it's based on results. It's, um, it's a really great relationship that we have.
0: Well yeah, and i I can't see any teachers or professors that have really got the right to actually talk about business because <laughs> never most of them have never run them so exactly, so no but and what tools do you guys use, or do you have like you know date night? do you have certain meeting rhythms that you have to keep you in sync? How do you get on the same page with vision and with the plans? you know how do you deal with all that?
1: yeah, you know what it's it's this is what's kind of funny, I feel like with our relationship, so what I've noticed is and I've learned this from Brian and the way that he works is Brian is very, um, when he gets a thought in his mind or I need to do this, or I need to put something in action, or this is what I need to focus on. Like he is like, boom, laser focus, boom, gets that done. Like this is, this is it. And something that I kind of originally was, was kind of like, Hey, let's have, you know, set calls every week or let's touch base or this and that. And, And we kind of started doing that a little bit. And then I kind of noticed with Brian is he's, and it's funny because you have, um, you know, a great book that's called meetings suck that uh, we aren't like big meeting guys. I originally kind of was a meeting guy and whatever, you know, let's just touch base. And um, we've kind of got to the point where there's no point in us jumping on a call just to jump on a call to hear each other's voice. It's important once in a while, but The amazing thing is, is through, you know, whether it's through iMessage, whether it's through Facebook, like we have 20 different, you know, chats going on with different projects and things that we're working on that we're always in touch with each other. Um, We talk on obviously on a daily basis, it might not be like actually phone calls, but we are always up to speed with each other and what's going on and where we are and what we're focusing on. Um, We just don't have like a set schedule of meetings or we meet on this day or whatever, but something that I I think has been really great for our relationship and for, for our business is being able to um, meet more in person over the last little while. That's something that we've started to to implement is is making a conscious decision to meet in person, whether it's a mutual location, whether it's I go down to LA because let's get real. I only want you to come up to Canada when it's nice. So (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't really make sense for you to come up. I don't want you to come up here in the winter. So why why would that happen? But um, I think having that in-person time, Um, and strategize or whether it's just, you know, bonding, hanging out, doing fun things that we like doing that helps us. And I think that's important for our relationship moving forward because yes, we like building businesses and projects and doing great things together, but we also like hanging out with each other and and enjoy hanging out with each other and doing fun things. So, um, so I think that's really important is what's really helped us as well.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's interesting. Now, do you guys leverage video at all when you're talking? Or do you just work over the phone
1: when you're, you know, doing voice communication? It's actually funny, we don't, It's it, I, we do not use very much video, we easily could, and should, but we just honestly don't. I think we've probably in the last few years, we use video once in a while, um, like probably a handful of times, I would say like maybe five, six times that we probably had like a video chat. But for the most part, we, it's usually whether it's a, a voice note over the phone. And that's actually one thing uh, that I guess I will provide kind of like a, a tip, kind of an insider hack for some of the listeners is one that we were using for a while, uh, an app that we were using that I uh, don't use too much anymore because I, I got an iPhone now. Um, I finally converted from, from Android is um, we were using a, an app called Boxer. And basically what Voxer is, is you're able to send voice notes to different people. Um, yeah. So, so
0: how, how did you use Voxer? Cause I struggled with it. I set it up. I tried it. I used it a couple of times with friends. I'm like, I don't get it.
1: What yeah. Me? So, so basically how we, how we used it and it was, it was quite effective when we used it for several, several months. And now if I want to send a voice note, I just do it over iMessage. But basically we would just use it as kind of like a walkie talkie type system um, where I had an idea or I have something like, Hey, we should do this or, Hey, we should implement this strategy or, Hey, I talked to this brand rather than typing out, Uh, An email or message I would just press the button and record my voice talking and I would send that and then do a 30-second voice note So that way you can actually hear my voice You can hear what I'm saying and he can do the same thing and you can like kind of like those posts from people So like there's like a little heart button on when you receive so it's like hey if someone hearts it You know, hey like I like that or that's great or I heard it Um, You can see when people have read your or listened to your messages. Sorry, too And then they can reply back right away too. So it was a really great way to like, instead of, Hey, let's jump on a, you know, call and actually phone each other. It's like, I could be, sending little 30 second or you know a minute long voice message to someone no matter where they are kind of in a quick and efficient manner so it's just kind of another way i guess of communicating with each other but i think it's definitely something that's been effective um, because that way you actually get to you know hear the person's voice rather than just reading a message because some things you know can be misread or miscommunicated so that's kind of how we used it
0: how about um, how about staying on the same page with vision? I mean, are you guys true co-owners of the company, or is Brian kind of the CEO, your COO? What's the how do who, who controls or who sets the vision,
1: and uh, if it's both of you, how do you set it? Yeah, so in terms of us, we're both um, we both are partners, influential, and we definitely make. Um, decisions together on we make decisions together on the vision of the company and, and where we're going and and honestly it was it's not really hard for us because we both have very similar visions for Impulsive we we aren't um, conflicted in our in our choices but when I say that I think it's actually important for business and especially in partnerships or whatever type of business it is to have some sort of kind of pushback or some sort of ideas that maybe someone, um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe like, for example, Brian says something, I'm like, ah, you know, maybe we should do it this way. Or have we, have you thought about doing it this way? I think it's important to have a little bit of pushback from partners, owners of a company, whatever it is, because I think that kind of creates a better culture that creates a more cohesive vision. And I think that's healthy for business. I think if you just agree with whoever it is, you're running a business with all the time, I don't think you're, you're building your business the best way that it could be and you're not really challenging yourself or you're challenging the business. So in terms of us, we're always um, you know, working together. We have different ideas. We give each other ideas when we can. And um, we're always looking to just advance the brand to the next level and, and always just kind of keep that cohesive vision that we both have of creating a brand that you know helps inspire, helps educate people around business, around entrepreneurship and all those uh, all those great things
0: that's cool so one of the things i always work work on is um is kind of growing my skill set you know i i'm invested in uh, four different mastermind groups that i'm a part of and um i get coaching i've got an accountability partner um and and that was really the, the whole impetus for even starting what we call the coo alliance which is the only network that's kind of its kind in the world for the second in command where do you get your skill development to um, stay not relevant, but to stay ahead of the curve you know, in growing companies the way we grow them? and then also, you know as your company scales and gets more complex, where are you working to increase your skill set?
1: Yeah, I, I love that question, honestly. I think've um, I've developed this mindset, and I think you' probably be of this have similar mindset, but I always have more to learn. I always can get better at anything and I always want to continue to have that attitude. I always want to be someone that, um, always is willing to learn. I don't want to get stagnant. I don't want to say that I'm good enough. I don't want to, you know, reach that plateau. So I'm always looking for things. I'm, I'm reading nonstop, whether it's books, whether it's articles, whether it's social media posts, whatever it is, I'm, I, I consume a lot of content. Um, I create content as well. I'm a firm believer in, also having those in-person connections. So I love going to different events. Um, I haven't um, been a part of um, a mastermind yet. Um, It is something that that I'm very interested in kind of moving forward is, is being a part of one or finding the right fit for myself. So that's something that I'm very uh, a big believer in. But I think just a mixture of having that attitude of always continuing to learn. I, I consume a lot of content. I'm always trying to stay ahead of the curve, seeing what other people are doing. Always just trying to see what else we could do to to apply to to as a whole. Um, and um, I just love the opportunities to go to events, go to masterminds, whatever it is, meet great people, learn from them, um, learn how they've done certain things, and just really take and soak up as much as possible. So it's just really kind of like a multi prong approach. But I'm always always trying to, to learn more and expand and, and, and grow my skill set. That's cool. We had a um,
0: CEO that I worked with years ago for about five years. I coached the CEO and led their strategic planning meetings for about four or five years. Um, he's based in Geneva and Switzerland. And he applied all of his learning towards whatever the core projects he was working on over the next three months. So he would sit down and figure out what the plan was for the next three months and he would devour any any learning he could related to those kind of core projects. I thought that was really interesting way to um, to really focus it. I think a lot of people spend time learning at random, you know, me included at times, and it just seemed like a really powerful way to get more ROI off of it was, you know, why would I bother reading about blue ocean strategy if I'm not worried about it right now? You know, if I've right. got a board meeting coming up in two months, why don't I read about board meetings? Right. And um, so he devours content related to
1: that, which is kind of cool. That's I like that. And that's, I think that's, I think that's some really great feedback even, you know, for myself because I can find that, with me as well is obviously with the amount of content that's out there, you can go down different rabbit holes, of course. Um, and you can just start consuming all this content that like you just said, that might be based on something that isn't very relevant to yourself as a person or as a entrepreneur or a business owner, but also your business and the stages that you're at. So I think that's a really great tip and insight for myself, but also for, you know, other listeners is is to really consume content that you know, is at those different stages that you're at in your life or you're in your business, because that's a really, really great tactic. I think that um, a lot of people can easily implement, you know, right now. Yeah, it kind of works, right?
0: So my assistant pinged me earlier today, and she said, you're also a VP of another company at the same time. Is that true? I am. Yes.
1: (laughs) I, yeah, I I wear uh, many different hats um, with a bunch of different projects and, and stuff that we're working on. Yes.
0: So how do you keep how do you keep those separate and focused? How do you kind of coordinate? I've always said a person can only sit on one toilet at a time, and if he sits on more than one toilet, it gets kind of messy. How do you split your time, or how do you keep yourself focused? And um...
1: yeah, I think honestly, I'm definitely going to admit that I'm not the best. I haven't mastered um, anything yet in terms of how to be the best. Manager of my time. I know time is important, and I try to use it as effectively as efficiently as I can. That's good for me, and I still try to be productive on whatever projects I'm involved with. And um, I don't know if it's kind of like that—a new millennial mindset. But I think if an opportunity comes around for you to be a part of a project, or for you to be a part of a company, or to help with something where you can help, but I'm a firm believer in saying yes if it's a good opportunity for you and figure it out later, if it's, good. if it's something that's going to push you in the right Avenue rather than saying no. And then looking back on and saying, Oh, I regret this or I should have at least tried or I should have attempted it. I'd say I'm a firm believer in saying yes and trying to figure it out after. Um, so in terms of, you know, how I structure my days and times. Um, I've started to recently over the last few weeks, try to structure my days and times of the day for different projects that I'm involved with. So spending two hours here on influence of stuff or, you know, spending three hours on the other project, which is ship chain, doing different things, but also with the great, the other reason too, where I'm involved with two projects, you know, at the same time is, is they really, they complement each other. It's not like I'm doing, you know, one thing over here and another thing over here and they're totally unrelated. It's not. We have a platform that reaches millions of people that we've built a community around and we've built, you know, a great community of fans that that enjoy our content, enjoy our everything. And we have a section on blockchain technology and it's something that we're firm believers in. And then on top of that, we're building and growing a software company that, um, is still in its early infant stages. And we have this platform that can help share, you know, that road, that journey that we're on with this. So that's kind of an advantage that we do have is we have a platform that can reach millions of people. So it doesn't matter what project we're working on and it just kind of is able to kind of work together. So structuring my days can sometimes be a little bit crazy, and I can have calls dealing with one project and another project, and I kind of bounce off of it a little bit. And I'm not going to say I've mastered it or anything. And it's still something that I want to continue to get better at. So if you have any ideas or any um, tactics or tricks that you've used, you know, working on two different projects, at the same time, I would, I would love that. Or if you've heard from anyone else that you've, uh, you know, worked with or coached or something, but I'm always, always looking to get better. And, and I haven't mastered it all just quite yet.
0: Yeah, I mean, this one seems and, and at least your co founder with um, Influensive is also involved. But this one chip Chain, just seems like so kind of completely different space. Is it going to become a core focus for you guys? Or is it, are you seeing it as a, um, is Influensive
1: going to go on not autopilot, but will you put a team in place to then manage that? Yeah. And in, in terms of influencer, I think, like I said, we're only just getting started. It's something that Brian and I have, you know, Brian was essentially the creator of it. And then I came in there and helped create more of it with them and kind of helped push it to the different avenues we have. So I don't think that's ever something that we will ever let go of, you know, anytime soon. Um, because like I said, it, it's still very early, we're bringing in the right support staff to help us uh, maintain that and continue to grow because some of the calls I've been having and, and people I'm connecting with, you know, over the last weeks and months are really going to take influensive kind of to the next level and and um, with that in ship chain, it's not overly that much different. It's yes, it's in a different space. It's dealing with you know the supply chain and blockchain and technology. But really, where my skills lie and everything that I've done with Influensive is really I'm just doing in a different industry. I'm just doing with a different set of companies, dealing with Fortune 100 companies, business development partnerships, which is really what I focused on with Influensive um, already. So some of those things are similar. But like I said, we have this platform now. With Influensive that also has a blockchain section that we can share, you know, different articles or different updates or I don't like to call them press releases because I'm not a fan of press releases and, and, you know, neither is Brian. But essentially we have a media platform, a media brand that can help get the word out about whatever projects we're doing. and, And that's a great asset that we have. Um, with ShipChain as is, is we have it. And and yeah, it's great to obviously work alongside with Brian on the core team of ShipChain when we also have influence of, uh, you know, together as well. That's really cool. Have you, um, have
0: you heard of a company called Blue Grace Logistics at all? No, I don't think I have. No. They're a big freight and logistics company based out of Tampa, Florida. Okay. Uh, they- Raised 125 million from Warburg Pincus earlier last year. Nice. They're they're a company that I've coached for four years. I've coached their CEO and their leadership team. So awesome. Interesting stumbling on what you guys are doing and seeing if there's a fit at all for you guys to talk.
1: Yeah, that'd be great for sure. No, that'd be I would really appreciate that for sure. So
0: so how do you how do you manage your time then on a daily basis, weekly basis? Do you backward schedule? Do you go off of priority and urgency? How do you um, how do you plan?
1: Yeah, I I think. I think it's, I think the words that you said at the end, the priority and urgency, I think is something that's, I'm a real firm believer in. So um, let's take, for example, something that actually happened this morning, straight, this is this is real life, like, you're getting the the real gist of it is, Mm -hmm. I read an article last week, that talked about different companies that are focusing on tracking and tracing things on the supply chain and they're investigating with blockchain technology. I read this article on a site right away. After that, I went on LinkedIn connect with it connected with the people that were in that article or there, they accepted my connections on LinkedIn. I send them messages right away saying, Hey, this is, I think there's some talk that we should talk about some synergies or, you know, possible collaborations we can do together. And one thing led to another, where I had um, a call this morning at six thirty in the morning at my time. His it was he wanted an eight thirty p.m. Eastern or eight thirty a.m. Eastern time call, which is six thirty my time. So I woke up at six this morning, which usually I don't wake up that early, starting to. But I usually don't get up that early, especially don't have calls that early. And it was the CTO of a ten thousand person company that does you know two to five billion dollars a year in revenue. So. I took that call. I acted on that because it was something that came up and it happened. So if the right opportunity comes, or I have right. an opportunity to jump on a call with with a C level executive um, for a big company good. for a partnership, no matter if it has to deal with Influensive or Ship Chain, I'm going to focus on that because that's going to push the needle forward in, in one of the two projects. And then on top of that, I had you know another call this morning, which is a really big potential partner for us with Influensive that will really help our content reach even more people. So it really is kind of like that urgency and kind of what comes up and what happens. And, and it's crazy with the types of things that happen and and when you act on things and I don't really structure my days too, too structured besides I like to also take some time in the morning um, to kind of have some me time. I like to read so I don't I don't like to, you know, jump directly into work right in the morning. I kind of check updates here and there. I'll check my emails. I have three different emails. I check my social media feeds, see what's happening, but I don't really act on anything yet, and then I kind of, you know, t- take some time, get into the day. Sometimes I'll go for a run. Sometimes I'll just, you know, sit and read a book, have some tea, whatever it is, and then I'll jump into the day and try and do it. And then another structure that I try and do as well as I structure this with my calendar is I have certain times throughout the day that I will have calls with people um, rather than just saying, Oh, here I'm open anytime. There's certain times throughout the day and I try not to have calls on Fridays. Um, and I try not to have calls on Mondays. I try to Combine Tuesday to Thursdays jam pack as much as I can um, because I find on Mondays and Fridays can be kind of like things that would just happen or you know something you know fun also comes up and that's where I think it's important in business it doesn't matter how many projects I'm juggling you need to also have a life and you need to realize that and that's where I have realized that that it's not about the amount of hours you put into the day it's about how productive you are it's about your results and if you can do something in five hours a day rather than someone that maybe takes twelve hours good for you. That's awesome. And also take some time for yourself and, and make sure that you're still in the condition and your health is important because that's the other thing too is I know my health is super, super important if I'm gonna continue to help build and grow multiple businesses at the same time. So I also need to be able to focus and, and take some focus on myself and make sure that, you know, I'm in tip top shape and, and I can act at the top of of, of my ability. Yeah, you've done a really good job with
0: your time blocking for sure. It's critical and and there's not a lot of people do that, especially somebody that sounds like like you who um as you said are going to say yes more often than you say no that you've got to certainly be good at that. So give us some um, let's let's kind of wrap up with um with one area that you are just kind of maybe a unique ability or a strength Something you figured out in the business world that maybe is your superpower, you probably take it for granted, but something that you could pass on as a tip or something you do that you know others could benefit from?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, it's funny. And I kind of just touched on this a little bit a little bit earlier with, with one of my stories um, and, and kind of insights into something that happened today. But I've, I've started to realize it a lot more over the last few weeks is everything that I've been able to do building influenza has been remotely. I'm not having meetings with people in person 95% of the time. Um, the 5% of the time when I am having meetings, I'm a great in-person meter. I love meeting people in person. I love building connections on a deeper level. I love meeting people at conferences, you know, going for drinks, having dinner, lunches, all that stuff. But I'm very, very good at finding people and getting access to people online. It doesn't matter where I am. I can connect with sea level people. I can connect with decision makers, whether I'm on a beach in Mexico or whether I'm at home in Edmonton, Canada. And that's kind of something that I've started to realize is I have this ability to access and do business development online using different tools, using social media, using the personal brand that I've built to really get access to people and to get answers from people and to really also have people get back to me. And I think it's been it's not something that has happened, you know, overnight. And it's not like this something that's just clicked, it's taken time and it's taken effort. And I think it's combined, a bunch of things combined that have, have allowed me to do this. But I think one of my superpowers is just getting access to anyone. It doesn't matter who you are. I'm basically one or two degrees away from, you know, a lot of the top people in the world in business. And if I really want to find a way to get to you, I will find a way to get to you. And, and um, I think that's probably uh, my superpower. That's really cool that's right yeah you've definitely got this thing dialed (laughs) all right clinton
0: thanks for sharing with us i appreciate it clearly um you know a former athlete like you are applying all those kind of skills of an athlete into the business world and it's it's working for you so thanks for sharing all the ideas with us today on the second in command podcast appreciate it and stay in touch
1: good luck with all the success and say hi to brian as well yeah no thank you so much cameron i appreciate it it was it was awesome to to be on the show and um, yeah, I hope, uh, hope the listeners got some, some good insights and, and I look forward to, uh, you know, continue to collaborate with you some more. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. You bet. Take, Take care. care.
0: You've been listening to second in command with Cameron Harold. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to learn more best practices from industry leading COOs. Please visit COOalliance.com.